You're listening to a Crossroads original podcast. Welcome to the 100 Huntley Street podcast, friends. My name is Laura Watson, and I'm your host today. So excited you're joining us. You know, I've got a big question uh, for those who are uh, well acquainted with Jesus somewhat, you know, from the Bible and know the story of his journey. Do you ever wonder which disciple you would have been uh, around him? So he had 12 disciples and they were all different kinds of people, different kinds of personalities. I would say very representative of the world out there today in all the kinds of people you would encounter, you know, and I wonder about that myself, who would I have been? You know, I think about Matthew, the tax collector. He was someone that was so despised and um, really an unlikely follower of Jesus because he had a lot to lose by following Jesus. He had a higher position in society, but other Jewish people did not like him because he served um, the Roman Empire. You know, would I've been like Luke, and you know he was a physician, they say, and he was very meticulous and detail oriented. You know, the gospel that he wrote, uh, the Gospel of Luke, is one of the most detailed um, gospel accounts in the Bible. You know, of course, you wonder, could you end up like Judas, right? Somebody who saw the miracles and the works of Jesus, and then eventually betrayed him, and um, made a terrible decision. And came, you know, his life came to destruction in the end. That's something that, uh, you know, you think about, I think about sometimes because I think about, wow, this person watched Jesus, you know, minister and do miracles and change people's lives and yet uh, still made those negative choices against Jesus. And, um, you know, it's hard to see the darkness that unfolds sometimes in someone's heart. And then, of course, there's John. You know, um, I love that in the Gospel of John, John refers to himself as um, the disciple who Jesus loved many times. And I don't think that's from a place of arrogance. I think it's maybe John reminding himself that Jesus uh, loves me and that makes me complete. So, you know, we often sort of write or communicate out of places that we've had to work on in our lives. And you know, when we follow Jesus, that's no different. And speaking of that, my guest today, Carol McLeod, you know, she is a prolific author, Bible teacher, speaker. And she did tell me once that she writes her books out of her own personal journeys, and then they become resources for other people. And her latest book, Timeless, is one of those books. She takes a deep dive on the life of Peter. And Peter is the disciple who um, denied Jesus and Um, but also who later became such a strong leader in the early church. And she says, you know, Peter's her favorite disciple because she identifies with him the most. And, um, you know, there's so much written in this book about who Peter is and how that can apply to our lives as we journey uh, on this earth following Jesus and what we can learn from the life of Peter. So many points that Carol herself has learned. And so I'm so excited to have this conversation with Carol and to hear more about what she has to say um, about Peter and her new book, Timeless, and the relevance it has for our life uh, that it had 2,000 years ago and for our life today and for the future. Well, with me in just a moment will be Carol, so stay with me.
Joining me now to talk about her new book, Timeless, is best-selling author, Bible teacher, and television host, also a longtime friend of 100 Huntley Street, Carol McLeod. Welcome back, Carol. Oh, Lara, what a delight to be with you today. Well, we're so thankful you're with us. Thanks. And you know, I'm so thankful you wrote this book, Timeless. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's an amazing, it's an amazing book, an incredible Bible study, and it really did some heart work for me, and I was really thankful. Yeah, dig digging deep, uh, you know, into the into First Peter mm -hmm. book in the mm -hmm. Bible. But before we get into that, I want to ask you, Carol, do you think the Bible is a different piece of literature than any other old ancient book? Oh, absolutely. You know, Lara, I was an English major in college, so I've read it all. I remember my English professor saying that Beowulf is the greatest piece of English literature ever written. Sister, you can't understand a word in it. There's, there's nothing in it to extract from it. I love Shakespeare, but when I read the sonnets, I need an interpreter. The Bible's not like that. The Bible has juice. The Bible has punch. The Bible has truth even for today. It's not outdated. It's not archaic. Peter calls it the living and enduring word of God. It's still alive. It's, it's, it's still breathing. It still has gifts to give us and it's enduring. It's stood the test of time. It's incredible because it really, you know, it, the reality is the Bible is alive. It yes. is the living mm -hmm. word of God. It mm -hmm. transforms us as we're mm -hmm. reading it. It mm -hmm. transforms us from the inside out. Um, I love the Bible verse you quoted from first Peter and this book is on First Peter. And a question I have for you, though, is why First Peter? Why was that your focus? Why were you interested in that book? Well, two reasons, really, Lara. <laughs> One of them, I think you know, Peter's my favorite disciple. Whenever I say that, I feel like I should say, sorry, John, <laughs> but I'm a Peter girl. And I think it's because I so much like him. He was opinionated and outspoken. He was bold. He, he walked on water in the middle of a storm. In the dark of night, Peter said, Jesus, I want to do what you're doing. Um, one way that Peter and I part paths is I've never cut off a soldier's ear, <laughs> which Peter did. But the Lord changed Peter and he used him as the rock upon which he built his church. Yeah. And I want to be a Peter in this generation. Mm -hmm. I want the Lord to use me. And the second reason I chose First Peter is because Peter was writing to a bruised, battered and bullied church. They'd been marginalized by the culture. Um, they were being burned at the stake. They were being fed to hungry lions. And so I had to know what did the Holy Spirit through Peter say to that church? Because Lara, that is us today. The church today is bruised, we're battered, we're bullied. We might not be fed to starving lions, but we've been fed to the media. And so the voice of the Holy Spirit through Peter rings clearly to the 21st century today. And he gives us an incredible strategy of how to live during unstable times. Well, it's such an interesting point you're making because it is so unpopular today to say you're a follower of Jesus, mm -hmm. to share biblical ideas. And it's very unpopular in the media and the pressure is becoming more intense. And you know, um, the censoring of people of faith, it's very serious. Uh, you know, Carol, you mentioned who Peter was when mm -hmm. Jesus was walking the earth. And mm -hmm. here he is, a tempestuous man who's, you know, so emotional. And, yeah. you know, Peter, of course, attacked the soldier, but he also denied Jesus at one point. He did. Three times. And, and so his emotions were very strong. But then first Peter, the man writing that, and it is still Peter, 
is such an interesting book of boldness, as you said, and a very stable person and a very strong person of the faith. We see a different picture of Peter. What do you think happened between um, Peter as a disciple and Peter as the author of First Peter? Well, I think two things happened to him, Lara. First of all, he encountered the risen Christ. He saw Jesus when he was raised from the dead. That'll change any one of us to come face to face with our Lord and Savior and to be able to say with Peter, yes, Lord, you are the Savior. You are the risen Christ. And the second thing that changed Peter was he was there on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came and landed as tongues of fire on the 120 who were in the upper room. So Peter received the power. And you know what? Peter preached the first sermon post-Pentecost. He was the one who told 3,000 people about Jesus that day. So I think those two things can change any one of us, yes. encountering the risen Christ and being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's incredible. And you know, when we think about being filled with the power of the uh -huh. Holy Spirit, there are many who follow Jesus and maybe don't experience the presence of the Holy Spirit in their day to day as much. What difference does it make as we journey with the Holy Spirit? What does that look like in your life? that relationship with the Holy Spirit? Well, first of all, let me say this. Jesus prepared the disciples. He said, I'm not going to be with you forever. And life is hard. Yeah. <laughs> In the world, you will have tribulation. He said, but I'm going to leave you somebody. I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. So in order for us to live an abundant life, Lara, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. It was always the strategy of Jesus to give us the Holy Spirit. But for me, what it looks like is getting up in the morning and saying, Holy Spirit, I need you. Fill me with your power today. Listen, I can't go to the grocery store without the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I can't have a civil conversation with my husband without the Holy Spirit. So I, I cry out to him. I call on the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I need you. I say it first thing in the morning, and then I break out into song. Even while I'm brushing my teeth, even while I'm putting the curling iron to my hair, I'm having a conversation with the Holy Spirit, saying, Holy Spirit, okay, so today I'm going to have to have a conversation with this person, and I need your wisdom. I need your power, Holy Spirit. So let's not make it into rocket science, because it's not. If I can do it, anybody can do it. And it takes crying out to the Holy Spirit, saying, I need you. I need your power. It takes worshiping your heart out. And you know, another thing, Lara, is you and I both love the Bible. Yes. We are both word girls. <laughs> and I never read the Bible alone. I would never read the Bible without the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so when I open the Bible, I say, Holy Spirit, you are the best teacher in all of recorded history. So teach me today talk to me as I read scripture today. Mm. I love that, Carol. And you know, you're talking here about crying out to the Holy Spirit throughout your day as you're reading the Bible, as you're having difficult conversations, and the Holy Spirit is so faithful to answer he and is. provide for every moment and every need and direction. Yes. Like it is incredible the way he moves and leads us mm -hmm. um, when our hearts are soft and we're saying, move in our life there, Lord. Uh, you know, I love that throughout this book, Timeless, you, you know, every day we're, you know, focused on a different topic mm -hmm. as we're moving through the um, first Peter, the book mm -hmm. in the Bible. And you ask some tough questions throughout Timeless, which is great. It's like a hard inventory. Mm -hmm. One of the chapters you ask this question, you say, you know, do you believe the Bible is the written word of God? Do you believe the Bible's telling the truth? 
And I know that seems like an obvious question in some ways, but sometimes we live as believers and followers of Jesus, like the Bible isn't actually saying what it says. Right. So the difference between really applying that in our lives, what difference does it make when we really walk in what the Bible is saying and say, this is the truth. Jesus Mm -hmm. was raised from the dead. Mm -hmm. These things did happen. You know, again, we all come to a crossroads in life, Lara, where we have to determine, do I believe the Bible or not? Do I foolishly believe that I have a better idea than God? Do I believe that my culture is telling me more truth than the Bible is? We have to make that determinate in our lives so that when we come across a hard scripture, when we come across something we don't understand, that we don't try to explain it away culturally, or we don't say to ourselves, oh, well, that meant something 2,000 years ago, but it no longer means something today. Oh, no. The Bible is living and enduring. And every believer in Jesus Christ must use the Bible as our GPS. Mm-hmm. It In it is eternal truth. It's a love letter that God wrote to his children in a land far, far away. Yeah. And so open it and read it believe it. Well, and I love that you have this quote in the book. It says, it's vital to change the world where you, while you are here rather than allow, allowing the world to change you. Yes. And the reality is it's what the Bible is what helps us change the world and make the difference. Mm-hmm. And and I saw a lot of concepts in uh, in your book, but it also in First Peter, it's, you know, the ethics of how we're living out life to be like Jesus. What does it look like to be a believer who is changing the world with biblical truth? Well, let me tell you a story. A couple of weeks ago, I was in the Dallas airport. It was late at night and all the planes were being canceled. Hundreds of people were upset. They were yelling. It's, Larry, I hope it's okay to say this on a Christian TV program. They're using profanity I'd never heard in my life before. And the poor guy behind the desk, it wasn't his fault, but there we all were, 2 a.m. in the morning, nothing's open. But Lara, I knew my assignment according to scripture is to be an encourager and to bring joy wherever I go. Like I, I don't get to use profanity. I don't get to yell at people. That, that's not my assignment according to scripture. So in that situation, I knew who I was and what I was called to do. I could say to a young mom, hey, could, could I help you with the little one for a minute? I could say to an older woman, let me help you walk. Um, That's our assignment. We get our marching orders from the Word of God, and we have to apply it to fierce situations in life. And 1 Peter helps us do that. It certainly does. Uh, And you know, those challenges come up throughout Mm -hmm. life for us as we live every day. A challenge that most of us have, every single human is impacted by suffering. And yes, in this book, yes. you do give a list that's connected to First Peter um, about how we can suffer and endure challenge as well. What does that look like in the life of a believer? Because suffering is inevitable. It's part of the human experience. But there are ways that we can choose to endure suffering mm-hmm. where blessing is found throughout it and on the mm-hmm. other side. You know, none of us gets out of here without going through something hard. Suffering is a part of the human experience. And And I think that we fool ourselves to think that we're not going to go through something hard. And so for the listeners today who are going through hard things in life, I wanna tell you what Peter says. He says to lift your hands in the air and sing. You can cry while you're worshiping, but worship the Lord in your hard spot. You know, Peter says, Cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. And I don't know what you're going through today, but the Holy Spirit knows. And you can trust him. You can cast your cares. You can throw all of your cares 
toward Jesus and don't take them back because you know that you know that you know that he cares about you. So throw your cares and lift your hands in the air and worship the Lord. Oh, such a word of encouragement, Carol. And uh, Timeless is such a great resource Thanks. for helping us on that journey, throwing our hands in the air, casting our cares on the Lord and worshiping Him as we go. Carol, thank you so much for being with us today. I loved it. Thank you, Lara. Wow, what a great conversation with Carol. And you know, it's so interesting to think about, um, you know, just the truths within uh, the book of First Peter and, and how we can, as followers of Jesus, withstand cultural societal pressures to conform and in the face of that, actually transform culture and society. And that's something that is so desperately needed today. And I really took that from that conversation with Carol. And I really realized, too, that it starts with our hearts. You know, when we want to have an impact in the greater society around us for God, it really starts with our hearts being positioned in the right place. You know, and if you're listening right now and you're looking out in the world and, you know, there's so much happening globally, um, you know, we see wars and we see famine and we see a lot of division and strife. And yet we know that when hearts are surrendered to Jesus and truly surrendered to Jesus in an authentic way, uh, we see fruits like justice and peace and love and kindness. And we see the result of those fruits, which is healing and reconciliation and unity among people. And so, you know, today my prayer is that, you know, for us who are, you know, spending time together right now, we would let our hearts become more soft into the movement of um, God's Holy Spirit and to what it means to follow Jesus in this society. But that actually we would begin to pray for a society around us that more hearts would come to the knowledge of who Jesus is and to that timeless truth that he is the Messiah. He is the one God sent into this world on a rescue mission to rescue us from human sin and death and the tendency to destruction so that we could be restored and redeemed from the inside out. And that restoration would happen here on earth and in full in heaven. And so I'd like to ask you right now to pray with me for um, people around you in your community, your family, um, in the greater global world around us, that hearts would be softened and turn to Jesus. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day and I thank you for the listeners. God, we ask that you would move in a mighty way across this world. God, we ask that where there is strife and anger and animosity, God, where uh, there is culture that has gone so far from your biblical truth, God, that you would move in mighty ways in the hearts of people, families, men, women, children, communities, schools, God, um, places of higher learning, that you would move in people's hearts, that their hearts would begin to know who Jesus is, that your timeless truths would be revealed to them, that they are called to know your son, and they are called to becoming sons and daughters of yours. And through that, God, we would become peacemakers and people who help transform society. And so, God, we thank you that you would move in mighty ways. And we invite your Holy Spirit to move in our hearts, our lives, our houses, God, our places of work, and in all of our spheres of influence as well. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Well, if you were encouraged through this podcast, but you want more encouragement, please call our prayer lines 1-866-273-4444. You can also email prayer at crossroads.ca if you want more encouragement. Well, I'm so thankful 
uh, that you've joined me today. And remember, God loves you so much. He has a great plan for your life. And he wants to work through you to impact those around you um, for his kingdom purposes. And so that more people experience the love of God on this earth. Well, bye for now. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for your ongoing support of Crossroads a supporter-funded nonprofit organization and member of the Canadian Centre of Christian Charities. Thanks to faithful people like you, we are able to continue producing 100 Huntley Street. You can write to Crossroads, P.O. Box 5100, Burlington, Ontario, L7R4M2, or visit crossroads.ca to learn more about our programs.